Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. And this episode is it's one for the books, man. Um, I have one of my heroes on Michael Waddell from bone collector and real tree road trips. You know, this dude, you know, you think that when you meet somebody that's of as high status as he is that, you know, you kind of got to watch what you say and, and, and all that, dude, I'll tell you what it, it felt like I've known Michael for my entire life after talking with him and, you know, watching him on TV as a kid and now getting to talk to him on the podcast and, and, you know, hopefully start the friendship there and, and get to know him better as time goes on. You know, this, it's crazy, man. He's exactly the same outside of uh, the TV show as he is in the TV show. And, you know, I, that's the same way with T-Bone. I'm sure Nick's the exact same way. You know, and this is why I gravitate towards the Bone Collector guys so much because, and, and you'll see it in the episode, but they're not, they're not the type of people that, see their success and think they're better than anybody else they're just regular guys that god has blessed beyond their wildest dreams man and i I really cannot thank michael for coming on enough man and you know i'm not gonna make this whole intro about how awesome it was to have him on but i'll tell you what this this was literally a dream come true is to have him come on the podcast and just hang out man that it you know we try to make this this podcast like as if you're at deer camp just talking shit for a few hours or talking shit with your buddies and this episode is literally that you know he he drops knowledge on a bunch of things you know as far as like the insight to the industry and how he and I both think that people really just need to get back to the roots of it and you know not knock somebody because they killed a smaller buck than you did or maybe it was their first year and you know say it's a spike you see it on social media all the time people saying oh you should have let them walk Man, who are you to tell somebody what they can and can't do? This is America, all right? As long as it's within the laws and you don't do it unethically, I have no problem with it. I have friends that'll shoot spikes, and I'm just, exci- just as excited for them as I am the, you know, for the guys that will kill big deer. So, I don't know. There's a lot to take from this episode. Uh, before we dive into it, I got to thank the sponsors. Osseo Gear, Joe Miles. I love that company. Joe is an awesome person. And, you know... That camo, man, it it's top top notch. It's on a whole nother level. Um, if you want to get some, go to their website, osseogear.com, and save 10% with our promo code SEBH10, and you will not be disappointed. You know, they, it's a great product made by great people, and uh, there's really nothing else to say about it. I mean, really, it's the truth. Uh, next up is Summit Tree Stands. I'll tell you what, I think... You know, while recording this, it's uh, Friday the 23rd, I believe. And, you know, I've got plans of trying to finish wrapping my tr- my uh, Summit Climber with with some of those stealth strips. If I get home in time from work, then that's what's going to happen. If not, I'll get it done next week. But Summit Tree Stands, man, you know, they're comfortable. They have a wide range of products for you. And they're just a really good company. You know, I say it in every episode, but I truly mean it. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying this stuff just, just to say it or just because they support the podcast. I'm saying it because it's true. 
that's that's one thing that me and Michael touch on in this episode too is just you know speaking the truth and that's that's what he and I both you know live by and that's why when I talk to talk to y'all about these products I'm just giving you my honest opinion I'm telling you the truth about what I think about the products so hey season's coming up in two months it's almost July and you know velvet's growing everyone's getting excited after the fourth I know the whole the whole industry and community and everything is just going to blow up and all you're going to see is pictures of velvet bucks and there's nothing wrong with that that's my favorite thing to see so hey if you've got an old tree stand or you're tired of the one that you've got go to summit go get a new tree stand whether it's a climber a hang on maybe some accessories um and just go get a good product you know it's i cannot say enough how much i stand behind summit and hey they gave us a promo code, saves you 15% off anything site-wide. It's SEBH15 for those new listeners. Look, this isn't this isn't just, you know, the ad show. Seriously, go get a good product that you can trust, that you know when you're 20 foot up in a tree, you're not going to have a cable break or you're not going to have, you know, bolts break and fall and ruin your hunt, possibly get injured. Summit makes all the efforts they can to make sure nothing like that happens. So, like I said, go to their website, say 15% with the promo code SEBH15. You won't be disappointed in that either. Uh, last but not least, Urban Archery Outfitters, you know, they uh, they are growing rapidly. If you want a chance to go maybe hunt out of state or go to a property that you may have never thought you'd be able to hunt at, go check them out. Go make a hunter profile. Start getting some of the gear off of their website and get you some big game bucks. And you will, you know, you'll see that as you rack those big game bucks up, once they have their auctions, you'll possibly win some properties. And if you don't, you keep the big game bucks and just keep, you know, racking them up until you do win a property. Um, Next up, I got to thank my boys, J.D. Cobb, Andy Freeman and Thor Nichols. Dude, these these three guys have been supporting a podcast since day one. I consider them some of my closest friends and you know we all have plans to go hunting together this season me and JD have plans to go hunt bear next year me and Andy are gonna hit public me and Thor are gonna hit public you know this season this season's I think gonna be a very special season not just for me but for them and for all of you listening for everybody in the in the hunting community I I don't know what it is you know this I've got a feeling about this season that some big stuff's gonna go down so go check out Drawback Outdoors, go check out Double A Outdoors TV, and you know, go go give Thor a shout out, man. He's a good dude. He's he's honestly a lot of a lot of the people that I talk about on here, they're just good people, man. They're you know, God fearing Christians, they're my type of people, you know, good old southern boys that you just can have a good time with. And um uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I could sit here for 10 more minutes talking about, you know, how good these guys are and how awesome the, the brands are that support this podcast. But you know what? Me and Michael have a really good conversation in this episode. And, you know, I like to consider him a friend. You know, I I hope that this, you know, turns into a long friendship because, you know, it. it I'm not going to lie to y'all. I was nervous before going into this. I mean, Michael's a hero and they say to never meet your heroes. And damn it, he he changed that perspective for me because really it it's one of those things i hope that you guys can see it in this podcast and on the video on youtube we started posting um podcast videos on our youtube channel so go check that out 
go like, subscribe, share it, all that stuff, get the word out. But you can see it throughout the conversation that he's not just putting up a front. He's not one of those people that's big in the industry and is like, oh, I need to look like this type of person. And then off camera, I'm an asshole. No, Michael is a genuine guy. Same with T-Bone, same with Nick. Um, I really can't say enough about these guys. And it, it truly was a blessing from God. You know, he that whole thing, man, it went amazing. And I had a great time. I know Michael had a great time. And I can't wait for the next one. So I'm done <laughs> running my mouth about all this. Let's get into the episode with Michael Waddell from Bone Collector and Realtree Road Trips. All right, guys, we got the man, the myth, the legend, the dude I've been watching since I was a little kid on Realtree Road Trips, Bone Collector. Now he's got a podcast that I wish he would do more episodes on. And... Dude, he's just an all-around awesome guy. I mean, you, you talk about like the big names like Fred Bear, Fred Eichler, you know, all, all the all the you know old school guys. Well, this to me is my old school guy. No offense, <laughs> but man, he he is he's somebody I did not think I'd get on here this early. You know, thanks to T Bone, I got to give him a shout out. Man, it's Michael Waddell. What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? Hey, man, thank you for those kind words, bro. That that meant a lot. I feel, I feel like I need to get an envelope and mail you a check or something to pay you for that. Them comments. That was awesome. <laughs> no, man, it's, it's, I mean, really, you know, I, when I say that, I, I truly mean it, you know, I've been watching y'all since I was little. Um, I didn't get into hunting, unfortunately, till about five years ago. Um, you know, I'm originally from Chicago. My uncle was a hunter and, you know, he was a shotgun hunter that every year I'd be like, Hey, uncle Johnny, can I go with you? And he's like, no, no, you, you, you don't want to go. You know, we, I don't think, I don't think it's for you. I didn't know what that meant. And then I come to find out, you know, it really meant that they'd go hunt for a couple hours, come back and have a couple beers around the campfire and just, yeah. <laughs> they so, weren't hunting too hard. Were they? <laughs> nah, I mean, he's killed some good bucks. He's got one, it's a little eight point, or not little, but it's an eight point. It's probably one thirties or so. I mean, it's a good not deal, yet. but you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of unfortunate, but Hey, you know, I grew up 20 minutes from where Seek One's from and you know, so I, I didn't even know that stuff was happening around me. And I mean, I've right. seen big years. So, but hey, man, look, this podcast is about you. Okay. So <laughs> I, uh, man, I don't even know where to begin, dude. I, I you know, I've been watching, I, I decided to restart the Bone Collector series. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy to me is seeing just how different and how much y'all have grown since then, you know? So wow, yeah. I guess to jump into it, can, can you kind of give us a little insight on that? Like, where'd the idea come from? And, you know, just what it feels like to sort of be basically one of, if not the biggest name in the industry right now. Wow. Well, well thanks. And, and yeah, man, absolutely. It, it was kind of crazy, like no different than what you guys are doing now. Um, I, I was such a huge fan of so many people, companies and personalities in the hunting space and um, kind of thought it was an unreal thought process and it wasn't even top of mind to think that you know I can make a living in the hunting industry I don't know that I was even smart enough or intelligent enough to know that there was a place to apply for a job you know if if that makes sense but in hindsight looking back being that I always had bought so many of these products that in some cases now I have a chance to talk about and represent and work for I mean, it makes sense that they have employees, uh, you know, whether it's people that work in their production or sell their product, develop the product, you know, market or somebody in sales that understands the margins and when they get to the retailers and stuff like that. So 
So for me, you know, just being a fan of the industry, like you had mentioned, and I appreciate that, that awesome respect and kind words you said about me. I had so many of those people like Chuck Adams, um, like you mentioned the Fred bear, obviously I never got a chance to meet Fred bear, but he, he had an impact on all of us. But, um, I mean, we were just had names like Miles Keller, obviously even Bill Jordan, even some of the people that, you know, Will Primos, I remember, and then Turkey Calling, obviously I love to do so. I had a lot of people, but um, when it come to my opportunity, when I started working at Realtree, it was really through getting an opportunity through winning some Turkey Calling contests. One thing led to another, and man, I'm working full time down there within two or three years, four years for sure of meeting these guys. And so all of a sudden I'm working for some heroes and people that I'd watch TV shows and watch their monster books, you know, VHS tapes back in the day. And now I'm getting a chance to be in creative meetings and talk about what would look cool and what would be cool and how to develop new products. It might help somebody be a better uh, successful hunter out there in deer or Turkey was. So it literally was like, even as a kid, I was, you know, 20, 21 and just couldn't believe I was getting a chance to do that stuff. And so obviously through that, in my time at Realtree, it led to an opportunity to host a show called Realtree Road Trips that you might remember. And, and from there, you know, just, man, my world changed when it come to having an opportunity, if you want to call it a personality, I certainly won't call it a celebrity because I think that's too shallow, but um, I, I never was trying to be that. I was just wanting to make a living and I loved hunting. I loved the outdoors and, and I had that presented to me and and literally next thing you know I'm literally getting a chance to host a tv show for Realtree called Realtree Road Trips and so with that success um led to other opportunities and um it led to me create my own brand and tv show called Bone Collector and really it seems like Aaron there's so many things within the hunting community that there's timing you know like you mentioned Seek One man those guys are brilliant in what they do I'm, I'm a big fan of what they've done and what I like about what they've done and I'll tie it back into kind of bone collector uh, from a standpoint of, I guess you're going to call it creativity mm-hmm. is the fact that you can't, you kind of on the edge of something. You kind of take something that could be almost on the edge of controversial is still hunting, but then you, you push it into something that, that intrigues interest that you got to watch it. And so what I liked about seek one um, was the fact that those guys really wanted to entertain so i think if you're going to be watched whether it's hunting whether you create music whether you're creating a, a film whether it's you know top gun or you know brother where art thou or where the red fern grows if you got some form of entertainment you're not going to keep people so their angle and niche to seek one had certainly grab people's interest and and uh and for us bone collector and the name was really just something that was kind of cool and to be honest uh we, we thought it was kind of niche. It just kind of went hand in hand. Uh, once we created that logo, we thought we had something there. It was just kind of a cool, fun looking logo. And at the time there was no other logo like that. And, um, and really though, where Bone Collector came from was, is, is I'd had this opportunity to create some product. And most of these partners I was working with wanted to create like a Michael Waddell edition product. And I thought that was kind of weird. Like, I don't know why I just thought, man, I really don't want to call it Michael Waddell edition gun or a bow because I think that would be kind of weird. And a lot of people kind of like and revel at that idea. And maybe, maybe it goes good with the ego, but for me, it, 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 I didn't like it. And I thought, man, I don't know if I want to call it Michael Waddell. Can we come up with a cool name and let that be my gun or let that be my bow or a product? And um, so literally I was shooting a gun on a Thompson center gun range and uh, 
was trying to come up with the name of that gun because they agreed that, okay, if you don't want to call it Michael Waddell, let's call it something, but give us some ideas. So I shot this gun and shot really accurate. And I said, man, I don't know what we call it, but this is going to be a bone collector. And I'm like, oh my, and right, I mean, right when I said it, I'm like, that's it. Let's call it the bone collector. And so at that point, it became a brainstorm when I was flying back home to Georgia. I was like, oh my goodness, this could be a cool, this could be cool. Bone collector be cool. I was aware that they had been a movie called Bone Collector, I think with Denzel Washington and Ashley Judd. Um, I quickly got on the phone and talked to a few trademark attorneys and we was able to look at getting it. And I called Thompson Center at the time. I said, dude, I still want to call that gun, but I want to do something bigger, which they agreed, thought it was a good idea. So, so really it was an opportunity to start Bone Collector. And when it comes to really the show itself, Aaron, man, I've always thought that you can grab people with, uh, with having fun quicker than you can with anything else. And so, uh, I, I personally certainly was excited about going to chase some big animals. You know, if you want to call it Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett and you score them. But I really was kind of more into having good adventures and fun times with my friends, meeting new people, that campfire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to take advantage of making memories and just really celebrating how fun it was to hunt. Not necessarily try to see who could kill the biggest deer. And so obviously that's when, I really thought hard and I thought Nick Mutt, T-Bone Turner would be the two perfect guys because keep in mind, I spent a long time ago, there was no gray in any of our beards. Uh, <laughs> we were, we were still young. I mean, in our thirties. And so, uh, so here we are. And so, uh, so really inevitably bone collector was just something that we wanted to celebrate the culture. And, uh, and honestly, it wasn't even that we was financially driven or anything in particular. Um, we, we were just wanting to make good solid TV that, that represented what we thought people enjoyed about hunting from some of the trophy aspect, some of the, the grit and grind, uh, but mostly just the fun and, and the, the slapstick, you know, slapstick humor and having a good time. We never, and still don't, none of us take ourselves too seriously. We laugh, we cut up. We're like a bunch of 12 year old kids. I, I literally, my wife gave us the name man child. We're just like a bunch of man. I forget. I literally, I, I'll be playing with my kids and, um, my wife reminded me I'm not their age. So uh, I don't know. I just believe in uh, having a good time and keeping your youth and trying to be just responsible enough to uh, to know that you got to be a, a grown up. But I still would rather remain to have fun as a kid. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, what's crazy to me is like so I um, <clears throat> I watched the newest episode or newest season and some of that stuff, man, it's crazy to see like the growth like in your family as well you know, because I'm yeah. seeing your kids do it. And I'm like, dude, I remember last time I watched them, they were like three years old and all that. And now they're getting older and killing these big deer. And I'm like, good Lord, man, the time is flying by, you know? And yeah. it's, it's cool too. Cause I mean, your first episode was with Blake Shelton. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Blake. He seems like a really awesome dude, but it's crazy to see him as young as he was. Cause I'm like, man, he, he looks totally different. <laughs> you know? I, I know. I'm excited too, hearing him. We, we just, it's funny, Blake and I always stayed in contact, even through, you know, his rise to mega stardom, literally, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you want to say A-list, I mean, seems the whole world knows who Blake Shelton is. And when we were really to- close there in the beginning of Bone Collector, he was, um, you know, he was just a country music artist and had done a bunch of TV stuff, but, but everybody loves Blake, man, such a good guy. But just this past year, um, well, actually, about the last three years, T- Blake and I have been hunting a lot more together. And so uh, it was cool. We was hunting this past, not this spring, but the spring before this one 
that we just had. And he said, Hey man, I want to do a deer hunt. I, I want you to come out and let's hunt Oklahoma at my place. And he's put together some amazing, I mean, free range whitetails. It's amazing. And he's old school, man. He runs no trail cameras. He said, I don't want to know. I just want to hunt old school, kind of like, like your uncles was talking about. Yeah. He said, I just want to hunt, hang out with my buddies. And I know I got big deer, but let it, let it be a surprise, which to be honest, is awkward at this day and time because you don't know what you're hunting. Yeah. But it actually was kind of refreshing. I was excited. It was fun to hunt with him. But um, he said, look, come out. Let's do a show. Let's do an old school bone collector show. And that show we did. And um, it's about to air here in, I don't know, less than a month. Awesome. So, yeah, check it out. And it's kind of cool because I, I did notice that. For one is um, I lost my boat um, flying to Oklahoma. And mm -hmm. so I went. And obviously, he's married to Gwen Stefani now. And, um, but I'm almost certain I said, Blake, I don't have a bow. He said, dude, I've got those Hoyt bows. He said, you know, I've always hooked Blake up with a cool bow and yeah. he was a big, he, he bought Hoyt. He loved Hoyt bows. And so he had this bow that was literally like 24 inch draw. And I looked at the bow and I'm like, this is Miranda Lambert's old bow. And so oh, I took that um, bow and went and killed some deer with it. I made it work until yeah. my bow came in. So it was pretty neat. So that, that episode's about to drop here soon. And so it was just kind of rekindling that first episode to now he's obviously retiring from the voice and can be more on mainstream hunting shows. And so uh, it's been kind of a cool journey and adventure to, to have that friendship and, and still have it after all these years. Yeah. I mean, that, that just shows like, you know, cause a lot of people think, you know, the celebrities and stuff are going to be just, they almost look at him as like a God, you know, yeah. and, and they get disconnected from it. And I'm not going to lie, dude, the first time I had T-bone on here, I was nervous, super <laughs> nervous. Same thing with you, man. I was nervous coming into this. And I'm like, God, you know, I just hope I don't want to sit there and just have dead air, you know, just sit there and not really be able to say anything because I'm, you know, worried about like sounding stupid or something. But as soon as you came on and same with T-Bone, as soon as y'all came on, man, it's like, it, it's like I've known y'all because I've been watching you since I was a little kid, you know? Well, I, and that's right, man. Yeah. I think that's the best thing about your show is you know, I'll watch other shows and, and you kind of, I mean, you get that sort of feeling a little bit, but y'all make it funny. I mean, some of the things I've watched, especially after knowing T-Bone now for almost a year, it, it's, it makes it more personal, you know? And it's like, oh, that's exactly how he is in real life, you know? And, yeah. and you're the same way, dude. Like a lot of people, I told a few buddies of mine, you were coming on and they're like, oh man, that's awesome. I texted Kurt from a uh, working class. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I've got Wadi coming on. What what do I need to know? And the one thing he said, he's like, just, just don't mess up. And I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so Kurt. Yeah, I know. He's like, don't mess it up, man. I, I, I was always, man, working class bow hunter. I was always one of their biggest fans, you know, early oh, on they started. They, they're, they're a hoot. But um, I think that's just it, Aaron. I, I think that uh, I think the biggest thing is, is man, it, is we really just, man are such regular dudes and it's funny I, um but but the same with Blake he's such a regular dude I mean I could I could I could name drop and, and tell you a lot of people I know that we all respect and like mm. that certainly would hit the you know the could look them up under the dictionary and their name would be by celebrity but they're just good people. Matter of fact, I, I think that's one reason they had so much success you know I would like to think that's why you know we've had some successes. We, 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 we make mistakes, you know, we own up to those mistakes. We have some success and we thank people and we're grateful for that success. 
you know, we're down to earth. We're, we're confident enough in our abilities that we have security. So we don't feel like we got a lot to prove. We passionately, legitimately, in this case, love to hunt. Um, and, and we also realize that maybe the way we hunt and the way we approach a hunt might be a little different than somebody else. I do feel like overall, if, if everybody that hunted was in my mind, they would realize that my thinking is almost identical to theirs. And, um, mm -hmm. And I do think it's deep. You know, I do think hunting is deeper than just just killing something. But I'll be honest with you, I'm a little selfish. If I'm going to spend the time, you know, out in the field, I definitely want to feel a tag. I, I, oh, yeah. I definitely want to dull a broad hit. However, um, I also don't feel like there's no need or room for, for a bunch of flexing and like, oh, look at me and look at what I shot. And, you know, mine's bigger than yours. And if you didn't do it my way, then that's the wrong way. And I, I just think hunting is one of the last cool freedoms that we we have that we have a lot of choices in. I mean, there's a lot of changes in America. And I think when we start messing and start flexing and telling people how they got to hunt, we got judge and jury out there. Uh, well, I can't believe you went and, you know, got him with a rifle. And, and was it public? Was it private? You know, mm -hmm. was it an outfitter? Was it this or that? Was it a ranch deer? Or, you know, it's like, really, who, to be honest, for me, I, I can say, I don't really care, man. I just... I just want to have a good time. I put myself in my own challenges to prove to myself, not to anybody else. You know, I would say for sure, I like to bow hunt better than I do anything, but it's not because I'm excited about putting a picture up and saying, aha, look at me. I killed this with a bow and I did it on public or private. I just, I just want that opportunity or challenge for myself. You know, like if it's a, you know, like I remember I killed a Cape Buffalo with a bow it's never in my mind was I thinking, dude, if I could just kill a cake buffalo with my bow, people would know I'm a bad son of a gun. You know, it's like, no, I just wanted, I kind of wanted to see what I would be like up against that, you know, and, and I freaking loved it. I was nervous and excited. You know, one last thing I'd like to try to go hunt would be a brown bear with a bow and arrow, but I'm not doing it because I think it'd be something that would be very liked on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I want to do it because I sincerely want to see what that would be like with a bow and arrow. I've killed some brown bear with a gun, but I've never done it with a bow. So I've been close enough to them to know what kind of drilling it would be. And I just want to do it. And certainly we will share that adventure, but through a very secure, fun-loving way. And I'm not going to over-dramatize something. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, you know, something that's not true, but if it is true and if it does present itself in a very dramatic, scary way, then that's what it'd be. But if it was easy and we walked in like, you ain't gonna believe it, the first freaking salmon stream we come to a big old brown bear and we just shot him at 30 yards and dude, what are we gonna do the rest of the trip? That's the way it'd be. That's that's kind of bone collector's motto because I don't feel like I need to say, okay, now let me figure out a way to look like I nearly got mauled and almost died and I trained for three months to get to this point. However, if that's what it took and that's what it takes for somebody to do it, then I want to celebrate that with them. So for me, I got so much respect for so many people and everybody has their own lane. And I would say our lane is, I couldn't even describe it other than we just like to have fun mm -hmm. and we're secure with that. If it looks like we did it over bait, then we probably did. We probably told you if it looks like we was on private, then we probably did. It, if we killed a big elk and it was in the Gila National Forest on public, we're going to tell you. Not because we're bragging, just because like this is the way it happened. Yeah. If I can save up my money and buy a hunt and it costs me 12 grand and I can go to the Sea of La Vista, then I'll do it and I'll tell you about it. Not only will I tell you on this podcast, I'll tell our viewers, 
I'll tell my family and I'll tell my dad when I got back, if it was a good hunt or it was a waste of money, you know, I'm always researching, trying to find other places that are cheaper, you know, like finding an elk tag in Nevada, for instance, and how there's still really big bulls out there in Arizona that you can go on a whim, but I'm doing it based on a challenge and something I think would be intriguing, not because I think it's going to put me in better standing with the public. I would just, uh, I'm secure enough in who I am with that. And so in the end, I just, I just want to see people be successful. And, and, and when I set goals, I try to meet those expectations of my own self, you know, perseverance and what I think we can accomplish. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy with whatever lane these hunters and people get into, and I want to help support them. And uh, whether it's my buddy, Cameron Haynes, who gets up and runs every morning and nearly comes to death. I mean, I pick on him and like, Cameron, you're going to kill your fool self. <laughs> when you're done come drink a beer with me bro but i ain't running at the ata show and i love and i and i love cameron he's such a nice genuine guy mm-hmm. that's his lane and he really truly loves that stuff you know i got buddies like jim shockey jim shockey will fly to cambodia to hunt a, an anteater you know <laughs> and, and, and 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 of course i pick on jim and he picks on me because i love to hunt turkeys he's like have you not killed enough turkeys yeah. How many of these dumb turkeys you want to kill? Like, well, Jim, you'd starve to death if you had to kill a turkey in Georgia. <laughs> and so those are the relationships I have. But we all have this this spectrum of things we enjoy. And mm-hmm. so we have our lanes and uh, and there's a lot of respect. And I've got buddies that get into the industry and their goal is to kill a 200 inch whitetail. Well, I'm not going to tell them they're an idiot, that that deer don't mean nothing to them and ain't going to change nothing. Deep down, I know their mom and dad ain't going to love no more and their wife ain't going to love no more if they kill a 200 inch deer. But if that's their goal, I want to tell them a good places they can go achieve that goal because I think inevitably it's not going to impress me anymore, but it's going to give them a chance to do something they've always dreamed of. So, again, there's a lot I could say, but in general, man, I just want to support people that that want to get after it and do it their way. And I think that's America, and I think that's the, the that's our right. We have that opportunity within the law to, to chase and pursue things that match some personal goals that we have and there are some buddies like you're talking about your uncle there are some buddies i got they hunt and they don't really take much back home they go to get away from everything to take a saturday and sunday or maybe a friday and saturday drink a few beers with the dudes and laugh and tell some jokes to cook deer chili they might get up and hunt they might not are they gonna hunt the boat seat stand are they gonna hunt the power line it don't matter they ain't checking wind they just having a good time and so uh Hey, there's plenty of room for that too. As a matter of fact, that sometimes it's needed to take that attitude. So, uh, oh yeah, that's what's beautiful about hunting, and that's what I like to celebrate. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you you touched on a lot there that I fully agree with, and that's that's one thing about y'all is you know, especially listening to your podcast with Ted and all that. You just speak the truth, man. And you know, touching on the brown bear thing or or the grizzly thing with Cam Haynes, you know, I was going to ask you about that because. He, he seems like the type of person that, and I've never met him, never talked to him. I've looked up to the dude for years, but he, he seems like the type of person that he doesn't need your, anybody's approval, you know? And I watched this mm-hmm. movie and I mean, it felt like when he drew back on that Grizz, my heart felt like it did when I killed that deer over there on the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy. And, you know, it, it's just, you, 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 you guys really just speak the truth. You know, the, you yeah. have a video out where you're talking about like arrow setups. That's something I dive into super heavy all the time. I'll bug T-bone all the time. I'm like, Hey man, what do you think about this? And yeah. you know, he, 
it, he'll always tell me what he thinks and it, it's super helpful. But you, that video I'm talking about, man, you sit there and you're just saying, look, it doesn't matter. You hunt with what you want. If, if you like a 394 grain arrow, fine. You like a that's 650 right. grain arrow, fine. You know, and I think that's what's, what's missing is I've had, I had Dustin Huff on a few months ago. And one thing he was talking about was basically the, the, I'm not gonna say the industry, but the hunting world right now, a lot of people, and I see it on Facebook all the time, a lot of people just have negative things to say, and it's really yeah. driving people apart. And it's, I hate that, you know, it, it's, I'll see a guy shoot a spike and he's older than me. And I'm like, good job, dude. My buddy Thor, he shot two. No, he shot one spike last year, sent me a picture. And I'm like, good job, man. Like you don't have to kill a 200 incher to be respected. Just go out and hunt. And That's right. I think y'all, you know, you, you kind of, I've heard you rant about it and I love it because it, it makes sense. And yeah. you're speaking what people need to hear, you know? So I guess that kind of leads me into like, what do you think, where do you see the hunting industry go in the next 10 years with, with everything that's going on? What do you see in the next 10 years? Well, well, evolution, you're not going to stop it. And, um, and obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways it can go, you know, there's, there's no way to guarantee it, but I like you, Aaron, I, 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 I don't like a lot of the, the division and, and you're right. I will rant on it and I will get on a, on a kind of a soapbox. And it's not even a lot of times I'm protecting what I want to do or what I participate in. It could be something around somebody who wants to go to Africa and hunt a lion. I'll be the first to tell you I have no desire to go hunt an African lion. Um, but I've got friends that do, and I understand the economic uh, impact it makes over there in those, those countries who have very little resources outside of this wild game that they can sell. And luckily there's somebody that's rich enough that can go spend a hundred thousand dollars you know, on one animal in some cases, or elephant more than that. So I have personally have no desire, but I will fight for those guys. I will fight for a guy or a banker that that's trying to learn to turkey hunt, that's trying to just figure out how to get close to a Georgia Eastern, which can be very aggravating. So all of them ain't going to spend the time to be a great mouth caller or to put the time that, that I've been afforded to put into it. So, so I certainly respect if he wants to put up a ground blind and stick a little Jake decoy up there and sitting with his kid. And if he were to kill a turkey, well, maybe it didn't take a lot of skill. Maybe it just took him getting out there and he had some turkeys that that turkey saw the decoy and come in, but he enjoyed it, but it's going to evolve from there. That guy ain't going to set the rest of his turkey hunting life and only set in a blind. If he does, that's his right. But, you know, me and you both, I promise you, we all played baseball. If you're a male and, um, you know, or, or even a girl, we've all played baseball. And what's the first thing we ever did? We, we hit off a tee. Chipper Jones didn't start with a freaking, uh, you know, facing Nolan Ryan with a wooden bat yeah. in a major league stadium. He, he started on a tee. Then he led to a coach pitch, daddy pitching to – to his friend who was 11 years old that was competing against him, throwing him, and they walked him half the time. And then finally you get the A ball and you're going up through. And next thing you know, you're in his case in the pros. And now you're hitting with a wooden bat because he was phenomenal. Um, so, so I think the same thing, you know, for me, what got me into bow hunting? Well, you know, a lot of people say, well, Fred Bear. Well, no, it really wasn't Fred Bear. What really got me and helped me discover Fred Bear was a 30 off six Winchet, a 30 off six Remington 742. You know, I killed a few deer in Georgia with that thing. I'm like, man, that was fun. I loved it. I thought that it would never go past that. Then finally, I thought, it's kind of boring. That deer walks out there 200 yards. I got him. And then I found out there's this dude called Fred Bear. 
dude, let me look at some of his adventures. Dude, that's what I want to do. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> you keep watching that. And then all of a sudden, you know, past that, you get into bow hunting. And then all of a sudden, you come across a Tim Wells video or come across Fred Eichler. And you think, dude, you know what? I'm going to pick up a recurve. You know, I ain't been like, you know, uh, Tim Wells and picked up a spear or nothing like that yet. <laughs> but, you know, the point is, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. So I do think if the hunting industry isn't careful to stay in touch with who and what the hunter really is and also economically where he comes from that I think the marketing that could coincide could get lost and completely be off in a different stratosphere no different than Hollywood can get in their politics you can get lost in the bubble in this hunting industry meaning if you are say a Mark and Terry Jury or a Lee and Tiffany Lakoski they're not this way but when you're talking to them, especially say Lee Lakoski, who I got a lot of respect for, um, you know, when you're talking about whitetails, well, if if you're sitting around and it's just you and a couple of your Georgia hunting buddies and me or whatever, well, Lee's going to be so nice. But then he's going to say, yeah, man, you know, we got some trail cameras out, just not seeing any big ones. You know, the biggest is like 180. And, you know, we only got three 180s this year. And I'm like, and, and we're all sitting here like, what is this crackhead talking about? This dude's, on, you know what I mean? But, but oh, Lee yeah. is really not trying to offend anybody. And then he'll yeah. catch himself. He's like, well, oh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, 150 inch deer is still a good deer. And he's he's having to backtrack it. No different than, uh, you know, what probably Jay-Z and Beyonce could say about, you know, they got a good deal on a global jet and it only cost them $50 million. <laughs> like what? You know, so, so, so what happens is you get lost in this lifestyle and Lee his whole life has been dedicated to having these farms to grow these type of whitetails. So you can't hate on him, but he also in the industry has to remember that 90% of the, the hunting public um, is trying to get the first Pope and Young whitetail in Georgia on public ground, on private ground. I mean, like I said, everybody's got leases in public. And so it becomes this thing to where if it is, you know, getting back to say the hunting public, those are good, you know, the hunting public, hunting public yeah. has done a good job. However, Still in the reality of it, it, whether it's public or private, I know a lot of friends that just want to shoot a 130-inch whitetail with their bow and arrow. They mm -hmm. don't care if it's eating corn or big and jay, long as it's legal and they can put a tag on it. And so you have to remember that guy. Another thing here in the hunting industry has to remember mm -hmm. that it would be catastrophic. We can't forget, you know, talking about our moms, our dads, and even us as we're raising families. Listen, man, the ultimate responsibility is to your family. And so mm -hmm. hunting is something that's fun. It's not work for all of us. I've been able to make a career out of it. So, you know, I was running late for this podcast because we was having a, a meeting on our bone collector since we had a, a partner all the way down from Canada. And we were having talks about pricing and creative videos and what products we want to do and put some money into to create some cool, unique stuff. So I have a chance to do that every day of my life to work in this space and then get content that proves that in this case, these scents can work and they do work. And here's what they work best on that, man. Oh my God, pinch myself. You know what I'm saying? I pinch myself, right? Well, I have to remember that while I was in that meeting on a Thursday, I've got a great friend that's painting a house. I got a great friend that's driving a truck. I got another that, yeah, he's all for summer, but he's, he's a school teacher. He teaches, mm -hmm. And coaches baseball. You know, I got another buddy who sells insurance and they do it five, six days a week. Guess what? Almost all of them have a wife or those wives have husbands. They have kids. 
They have dance recitals. They have baseball games. They have all-stars. They have, you name it, football, baseball practice. They have spelling bees. They have family functions. These husbands need to take these women and these wives out on dates and show them that they mean something to them. So you're left to a Saturday, maybe a Sunday. You maybe go to church. Where do you have a chance to go hunting? And sometimes you can feel guilty for even taking a full Saturday hunt that morning and that evening. You mm -hmm. missed your boy's baseball game, which very few of us do. Yeah. But then let's say you go and you shoot this deer, and maybe it's a, let's call it a 110-inch, three-and-a-half-year-old deer. And then some jackass comes up and says, dude, freaking bammy killer. I can't believe you're that type of hunter. Now, keep in mind, you didn't tell your wife that you just went and spent $1,800 on that new Hoyt bow. You didn't tell her that. <laughs> you didn't tell her. If you're smart, you, you didn't. You went into and T-Bone at the grocery <laughs> store, and you couldn't believe it. And, 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 and you asked us about those G5 broadheads. And I said, dude, which I can sincerely say, yeah, them mega meats are freaking the bomb, regardless yeah. of what Ranch Ferry says. Let me tell you, they are lethal, and you know it because you. Oh, I right. do. <laughs> but you, what you don't tell is you don't tell your wife what you pay for them three broadheads. You could have bought a small farm in Kentucky. They're mm -hmm. they're expensive. So so you spend all that money. You're already feeling guilty. Your wife's mad at you. You feel like you let your boy down because you missed a ball game. Then you shoot this buck. And then guess what happens? You get to thinking about it after mm -hmm. that person made you feel belittle you. And what happens is there's a lot of people that give it up. They mm -hmm. say it ain't worth it. You know, I, I, I wasn't with the family. I thought it was something I loved. And I think what happens is you feel like a, a zero. You went from a hero to a zero. And us men, we will say that it don't affect us. But that peer pressure does affect us. Oh, yeah. So if you have people on TV and in our marketing that becomes holier than thou, better than you, and they get it to where, oh, my God, no matter what I do, I'm not going to be able to match the expectation of what this injury says I should be. Mm -hmm. um, then, then it won't be no fun. Now, if you can lead in the way that, let's say, Ricky Carmichael did or Eli Tomac in riding a dirt bike, we knew we weren't going to be able to ride like Eli Tomac and Ricky yeah. Carmichael. But, man, they sure made me want to buy a motorcycle. I knew I could probably – and, well, I know I, I never play a guitar like Jimi Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan, but they certainly sold me my first Telecaster. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want to be. And the industry has to be very aware of where everybody's at. And these people and some of these, uh, the younger generation who maybe could be a little spoiled, maybe they are in, in some ways a purist and they are environmentally kind, which I certainly respect. You also have to make, make understanding that there's a lot of hardworking blue collar guys out there that don't have an opportunity. So we can't sit here and tell them how they got to kill their deer. Yep. And tell them they're a sissy if they use some corn or tell them that they're decimating a the turkey population because they used a decoy. It becomes absinthe. And I think we got to be very aware of that. And those that are disconnected with that never really knew the culture because they didn't know what people worked so hard to do to get that opportunity to go and hunt. It was a vacation. It wasn't something they're trying to do to prove their worth to their family or to their friends or to social media. They doing it because it was a freaking escape. It mm -hmm. was a vacation. I mean, it, it, it'd be like saving all that money. You grew up in the Southeast and all of a sudden, what did we all do? Go to the Gulf of Mexico, go to Destin, go to Panama City Beach. What if somebody said, dude, freaking June's over. Pride week's over. What are you doing out here sitting in the sand drinking beer? 
I'm like, dude, this is what I come for. That's sissy, man. You can't, this is not what we do anymore. Can't believe it. You're out here sitting on the beach. Like, no, dude, this is vacation. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you said, don't bother you. Like, well, what am I supposed to do? Is the people not sit on the beach no more? So it, is that what the guy who finally got a Saturday that took a Remington 30 off six and killed him a, a nice buck with his gun or shot him a doe is, is he supposed to feel guilt because that's kind of what he did? So I think we got to lead with showing people ways that we love, meaning if there is a way, it, can, it, it ain't got to be, it, it ain't got to be me from the standpoint of doing a TV show. It ain't got to be Mark Drury from the standpoint. It can be anyone who says, I have people all the time like, what else? Have you ever run a, have you ever been up Virginia and hunted deer with a dog? And I'm like, man, no. I was like, dude, you ought to try. Well, I can tell that through their sincerity, they love it. I haven't tried it, but then then the next person comes like these dang dog hunters are ruined hunting. So <laughs> who's right or who's wrong? But I also have had people say, What ill have you ever? I remember one of the first guys, Shane Collier, sold me my first bow, said, What ill have you ever thought about bow hunting? And I'm like, Man, I have been watching Fred Barry. He said, Dude, come to the shop. I bought a Martin Pro Eliminator. And I'm telling you, man, I it just set me on fire. And I just had so much fun. So, but his passion of how he told me that made me realize knowing this guy that this is something I need to look into. And so uh, if the hunting industry doesn't understand where the culture is, not just within the hunting community, but across America and, and the world, I'm seeing a big shift. Uh, you know, like we had a chance to hunt with a lot of cool, like I had a chance to take Theo Vaughn hunting this year. Yeah. I saw Presley. And, um, and dude, those guys, are so amazingly talented and funny and cool and fun to be around but they they to them a hen turkey and a gobbler and a long beard they're all the same it's a turkey mm -hmm. it's a deer they were more interested in figuring out what can you eat on a turkey and 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 can we kill one can we eat it and how much pounds of meat and um and so you know it, it's just a different mentality i had a chance to take you know, Jim Brewer, who was on Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. funny comedian, he he didn't want to hunt from the sport, even though he ended up enjoying it and his heart was beating. He got his first Osceola Longbeard Turkey. But he said, listen, man, with everything going on with the, the price of food and, and COVID, he said, I just realized that, dude, I'm a city slicker. And my wife told me I was a berry gatherer. He said, and I cannot be a man and only know how to pick berries. I got to be a freaking lion and learn to hunt and learn to be a man and take care of my family in case something happens. So that has nothing to do with killing a big, huge, mature, you know, 180 inch buck in Kansas. Yeah. So if the hunting industry ain't aware that we have ever changing, and if the hunting industry ain't aware that people really don't care what you really kill, however, me and you, if we're friends and you were to call me and say, what hell, you ain't gonna believe it, brother. I just shot me a 140 inch white tail. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna be so proud and happy and, 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 uh, man, I'm probably going to get a can of beer and toast you on the screen. Hopefully I'm close enough. I can come high five. And it's not because all of a sudden I think of you different and I respect you more because you did it. I'm happy for you. Mm -hmm. I'm happy because I know from the time we ever met and talked, you say, what do I just want to kill a big Pope and young deer? Well, guess what? You just beat it by 15 inches. You know, you got you a big old buck, and I'm proud of you, man. And what's next is I hope you set a goal for a 150, 160, 180. And then every time you achieve that goal, I'm happy for you. It doesn't change the way I respect you and like you or love you.
Yeah. And that's what the hunting industry sometimes misses. They forget that just be happy for somebody when they check off an achievement. But I think what you find is some people do not know how to applaud success. They actually, it's insecurity within them. It could not just be hunting. It could be, you know, think of the true friends you might have. I told Theo Vaughn this and he said, man, that's pretty interesting. I think you meet your friends at the top, not necessarily the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is think about now and write down on a sheet of paper. If all of a sudden, let's say this podcast hits Aaron and all of a sudden you got non-academics, you got everybody in the hunting industry. And next thing you know, you can honestly go tell your parents and your closest friends, like, you're not going to believe this, but, um, I'm going to get a million dollars next year to host this podcast. Well, first of all, if you said that and it really did happen, there's somebody in your life you're going to want to tell. And who are you going to tell? Those that you sincerely are closest to. But who are those friends would truly be happy for you? Or it almost like, well, crap. Well, good for you, bro. Uh, you know, and, and they're pissed. Yeah. Same with a big deer. Who is going to be truly so happy for you when you kill that big deer or make that money or, 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 or date the prettiest girl in the school? And so what you find, it took me a long time to realize true people that love you are going to be happy for you. Mm -hmm. And people that are already envious of you and are jealous, they're going to love you long as you stay in the trenches with them and you don't outrun them. And so uh, I think we have to pick our friends and pick our camps of the place to where everybody's happy when we achieve those goals and vice versa. You can be happy with them when they achieve their goals because we all have different means. Some people want a big house. Some people just want a trailer that don't leak. Mm -hmm. Some people want a jacked up Chevy with big old mud tires and a six inch suspension lift. And other people just want a truck that runs. And I think if whatever your goals are, that's what we got to learn to do. And I think that's what is the biggest crucial point of the hunting industry. How are we going to celebrate other hunters and how are we going to understand what other hunters are at? And so if we make it all the same and everybody has to hunt a certain way, if everybody has to hunt like Michael Waddell, we're going to fail. If everybody has to run 10 miles like Cameron Haynes without socks to kill elk, we're going to fail. If everybody has to, you know, train alone and do these certain things like John Dudley, it's going to be a failure. But if you combine all of us and you combine everything you love about it, everything the hunting clubs love about it, everybody in Virginia, everybody in Montana, everybody that buys Sitka to everybody that goes buys a camouflage at Walmart and we respect what lanes we're in. Now we can, now we can learn to, to accept and to celebrate everybody. But, um, it would be a pretty boring world if everybody did and acted and did the same things. It'd be pretty boring world if everybody bought the same color car or the same car. Pretty boring world if everybody married just the same looking girl. It'd be a pretty boring world if everybody painted their house the same. So I think that's what the hunting industry is going to have to learn to embrace. We're going to have to embrace there's a lot of people looking for a lot of different things in hunting, and I think it's theirs. It's their God-given right to approach it how they want within the legal means of the federal and game and state laws. And, um, and that's what we should adhere to. And we should celebrate everybody that stays within those legal means. And I think if we see anything that's completely, truly decimating our wildlife, then that's where we might can speak up. Uh, but inevitably, you know, if it's something and people say, well, th this is what's decimating the turkeys and how dare somebody come hunt this way. Well, that's not going to be fair 
if they're still getting their limit, regardless if it's a way that they think it's because they're they're more purist and dishington enough to do it their way, and therefore <laughs> their their turkeys justify death, but yours don't. Well, then if we got a problem with the turkey population, just don't kill them at all, man. Just don't even hunt. You know, you take somebody, uh, you know, like a Dave Owens who lives in Georgia, who is a phenomenal turkey hunter, turkey caller, you know, or somebody like Philip Culpepper. Do you mm -hmm. think if you were to ban any certain thing, it's going to cause those guys, if they're, if they're set on killing a turkey, you think if you take a decoy away from them, it's going to change anything? No, you think if they take their mouth calls away from them? They are good enough. I've been with them. They're still going to kill a turkey, bro. Oh, yeah. So so my point is, it's, it's, it's like Tom Brady ain't stopped winning football games just because he's 46. He knows how to play the game. Yeah. These boys that are good at it know how to play the game. And so there are certain people you can give certain tools and it'll make it a little easier. But the people that are truly good, you know, I, I'm convinced you get Ricky Carmichael a dirt bike with some decent suspension and some horsepower. He can do things on it that me and you wouldn't even fathom. Oh, and yeah. I think there's people in all aspects of life. So sorry for the long answer. <laughs> I know it turned into a rant. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm was, just uh, passionate about that. And I don't want to be that guy who always is on the soapbox, but people got to realize, man, I swear to this, I'm not fighting for my rights. I'm fighting for all of our rights because there's things I'll fight for that I disagree in. And what I mean by that, there's ways of hunting and things to hunt, you know, I, like crossbows. Man, I've never even shot a deer with a crossbow, but I'm not going to condemn somebody. Yeah. Man, I might be, hey, and they might say, well, that ain't even hunting. That guy's healthy enough to draw back a bow. Well, he might not want to draw back a bow, man. Yep. I, I know some big old boys I meet in meet and greets that I'm like, good gracious, man, you play for the Atlanta Falcons. Like, man, never played football in my life. Like, man, what a waste yeah. of talent. You could freaking be an NFL dude. Like, I just don't like football. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, so anyway, like I said, I know that's a mouthful, but I truly sincerely tell you, man, I'm, I'm for the hunters, man. I'm for you to, to, to do the things that you want to do. And I want and hope that you can stay in contact and I can hear those stories. That's what I do love about social media, that I can say congratulations and mean it. And for somebody that can't say that, shame on them, man. That is the ultimate and sloth and narcissistic, selfish attitude right there when they can't. When they know you and they know that your goal is to do these things and you finally do it and they only can find the negative in how you did it, that's the ultimate in insecurity, in my personal opinion, and narcissism. I completely agree. I completely agree. And no, to the rant thing, I love it when you go on a rant because it always <laughs> speaks the truth, man. Like I was going into this, I was hoping, I'm like, I hope I can find something to get them going on this every time you do it's inspiring man you you say what people need to hear and i mean i'm not saying waddell 2024 but you know. <laughs> well, it could. Well, I, don't want to say, I have to remind i have to remind myself it's a way to keep me rooted because to be honest sometimes i get on these rants and people say waddell you're just you're being an asshole and you're just spoiled and you don't really well first of all don't piss me off if they do say that but i want to say is no you're right I am spoiled. And I'm telling you this because it'd be easy for me to go down this road of, of being like this Hollywood dude who, who, who is all of a sudden become liberal because they have forgotten in this mm -hmm. bubble. You can work at the level that I work in this hunting industry and get in this bubble. And it's all about the retailers. It's all about the product. It's all about making the next dollar and forget that. Wait a minute. Oh my God. I hunted in Booger Bottom. And I remember meeting in my uncle Morgan's 
barn and us walking back there and hunting a platform stand, leftover wood from a job site. And God knows, wonder we even alive crawling up in them things when we were kids and sitting there on a frosty morning and just listening for a gunshot that maybe that I said, dude, I think I Scott Steiner. He's over there in holler number one. And I think he shot and you get down early just to go see if he killed a deer. And if he did, you know, you go and eat breakfast somewhere or go to the local sporting goods store and somebody say, hey, man, y'all have any luck? It's like, yeah, we did. We did. Mm-hmm. Scott Steiner got one and Aaron got a doe. Good day. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, oh, yeah. So that's I where I grew you. up. So I had to remind myself when I see somebody, you know, go out and shoot a spike with a rifle. Yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong for me to say, man, dude, congratulations on your spike, but Remind yourself, you're in a quality deer management area, dude. It, it, when you now that you got that one, dude, if you can let a deer like that walk, if it's your goal, you in an area to kill you a 150 with a little mm-hmm. bit of discipline. And by the way, if you ever shot one with a bow, I think then they'll listen because I will say that. But I'm first going to say congratulations. Oh my God, you got a dude. And if he says, man, I just shoot one something to eat, and man, I only got one day this year to hunt. I'm going to be happy for him, but I can with love and trying to understand how fun it will be. I can let them know what this will be like if they will do some of these things because I've lived it. But if I come in and call them a sissy and what are you doing shooting a deer with milk still on their lips and making them feel like lesser of a human being because they did something that was legal. I don't think that's the right approach. And so, uh, you know, for me, I just think it's broader than that. And, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sincere about it. And so it'd be a lot easier for me to get in that bubble of being that guy and the guy with a bunch of big deer heads on the wall that I've had a chance to hunt everywhere in, in the world, it feels like. But getting that opportunity has made me humbler. It's not made me better because I have been given an amazing gift and been blessed beyond what I deserve to see and to have hunted those things. It was easy to kill some of those animals. And I even go a step further because now I live here in Georgia and I, I've got um, over 500 acres that I own down here, my wife and I. And man, I'm loaded this year with some good bucks, man. I had a good oh, turkey. Man. Turkeys, I got deer, dude. It's, it's amazing, right? Well, through this, every time I have a show and we kill a deer here in Georgia, it's like, must be nice, you know, freaking fed deer and ranch deer and, and um, private land deer. And my comeback, being that I am through a redneck and come from nothing, I'm like, listen to me, man. First of all, I've got nothing to prove. I've killed plenty of deer, plenty of elk, plenty of turkey on public ground. And I'm not telling you that it would be, that it ain't harder. It is harder to kill them in public ground. But what I will tell you, the hardest thing I've ever accomplished in my life is not killing a deer on public ground. When it pertains to success in hunting, it's not killing a deer on my private ground. It was actually easier. The hardest thing I ever did was work hard enough to own my own piece of dirt that I can condition my deer and I can feed them and put the food plot strategically where I can make it easier to kill. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot easier to continue to master the crap and hunt in public and not ever work hard enough to own my own piece of land because anybody that religiously hunts just public and they're mad at the private owner, it's because deep down what they truly desire is their own piece of dirt, whether it's 20 acres or 2,000. Mm-hmm. I grew up country, and I guarantee you it's something you think about. So my point is, 
when I know friends that have saved up to buy, say, 80 acres in Kansas or 50 acres in Georgia that they can put them a little food plot in, I celebrate that bigger than I do any animal they would shoot. Congratulations, you're a landowner. You pay the uh, mortgage, you pay your taxes, it's yours. And you can, you know, basically celebrate it how you want to. And so uh, one of the hardest feats I ever did was, was buy a piece of property. And even harder to work work to make the deer. It's it's kind of like I've got I've I've had a better influence on figuring out how to kill deer than I have raised my own kids. In some cases, <laughs> I think I can make these deer in Turkey obey better than I can my youngins. Yeah, me because, too. You know, <laughs> you know what me, I mean? I these these deer are looking for food. They're looking for a good area to walk. And if they got an area mowed by me, they'll walk quicker. So yep. I don't see that as slop on my part. I see that as strategic, and I see it as something that. With experience, I learned these traits and how to manipulate and take advantage of these opportunities. And uh, but the hardest opportunity was figuring out how to how do I come up with the money? Y'all, you know yeah. what land cost in Georgia or anywhere. So uh, I'm proud of that. So and I'm proud of anybody who sets any goals that achieves them. And I just want to celebrate them. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard you talk about, you know, the land that y'all have. And honestly, y'all aren't even that far from me, I think, because I live in Covington. So y'all are like, you're not far at all, dude. Huh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And uh, I'm actually going down to Center Ground. You, you know the Center Ground boys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going down there to their property in two weeks, I think. Is it Troop County? Yeah, to go help them move some stands, shoot bows, and grill and all that stuff. Man, them dudes are the best dudes, I man. Know, They're good friends dude. with T-Bone. Good, good friends with T-Bone. Great guy. Oh, Shot yeah. bows with some of those guys just a couple of – a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, and I will say, even through my rant, th- there's a lot more good people in this hunting space and industry that are YouTubing, oh, yeah. that, are, that have shows on Outdoor Channel, that are on social media, that do a way better job of celebrating it than they do – beating their chest and, and there's some out there that just beat their chest it's a little bit of a facade but um it's such a great industry to get people sucked into because like you said man I mean hey, there's great people they'll hug you and treat you like you've known them forever and I had the same experience with the Dick Kirby's the Harold Knights the Eddie Salters even the Chuck Adams I mean these guys were they were huge celebrities to me and before I know it they got me behind the booth showing me how to work a mouth call. They, yeah. you know, they, they, you know, Chuck Adams has got me pulled aside and telling me how he killed his polar bear, you know, and, and I'm like, can't believe how nice these people are. And so uh, it's ambassadors like that that's going to help keep the space alive. And I, and I hope that I can hope I can maintain being that kind of person. And I hope there's plenty more people that are coming that's going to do just that and, and, and hug quicker than they kick. Yeah, I mean, you're doing a damn good job. I'll tell you that. But oh, thank you, man. Of course, dude. The, the the good thing is like, and I always push, you know, I'll talk to people about, you know, I'll ask someone, hey, you heard of Bone Collector? And they're like, the movie? I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me show you. And, you know, I'll, I'll sort of get people into it. And then I'll start talking about, you know, G5's products and Hoyt. I personally shoot a bear. I, I love bear archery, but. Oh, man. Oh, it's fantastic. But you know, eventually I'll probably get a Hoyt. My buddy shoots a Hoyt and you know, it, it's just everything that you guys do. You don't, it never comes off as, you know, money grabbing. You know what I mean? There's a lot of shows out there that it's 10 minutes of ads and five minutes of hunting. Yeah. You know, I don't do that. And like you were saying with, um, you know, the Turkey thing, I would see stuff on Facebook and I've heard you talk about it and just kind of circling back to that where a lot of people were judging other people for how they were killing turkeys. Now, granted, I'm not a big turkey hunter. I've never gone. I've seen them a bunch. I've wanted to go, 
It's just, I spend so much time and circling back to the family thing. I spend so much time during deer season that, I mean, I go on the weekends, but I'm gone pretty much every weekend. And so when that is over, I try to, you know, spend as much time with the family as I can in the off season. But it's just what I'm, especially getting, you know, like to know you, to know T-Bone, uh, Dustin, just, you know, a bunch of people in the industry. There's definitely more good people in the industry than bad. But the yeah. problem is that a lot of people that aren't in the industry that just have this opinion of like, you know, you were saying if they shoot a spike and they're like, oh, you're a sissy, man, people have to let people do what they want to do. If it's legal, I have no problem with it. Does that mean I'm going to go run with dogs on public land? Probably not. Do I bait when I hunt? Yeah. I just put bait out of one of my spots today before we got on here. Right. If it's legal, what's the problem? But people always have to feel like they're, you know, the ones that are right and can tell other people what to do. And, and, and yeah, it, it, it's, this podcast is, is and I'm going to cut you off, but this podcast, no, no, no. Is, I did it to sort of, you know, have people around the area be like, okay, yes, there's some sponsors, whatever, there's big names, but we're also getting local guys on. And all we do is speak the truth. And that's why I wanted to get you on not only to, you know, meet you and, and get to know you better and all that other stuff, but to have you basically say like, this is the truth. This is what people need to hear, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, there's no one in the industry that does it better than you do, man. So. Well, thank you, man. Rant, man. <laughs> one thing, one thing too, that I've never lost sight of because I don't care who you are, a man, woman, child, I don't care what culture you come through. You know, I, I'm convinced that in one way we're all privileged, but we're also equal in the fact that we all have heartache. We all go through struggles. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes. Uh, there's so many people that's addicted to certain things. Some people are depressed and they can't even tell you why they are. And, and so I, I think that sometimes we as humans, and I'm probably sounding a little mushy here because at the end of it, I'm, I'm an old school, hard nosed dude, man. I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't have any problem fighting. Matter of fact, I think sometimes a good old common ass whooping be one thing that would fix this nation. There's no consequence for people's actions. But I am just with that. There is consequences for all your actions, too, based on this ridicule. You never know when you criticize somebody about how they killed a turkey mm -hmm. or what deer they shot. You never know at what place that young man, mature man or woman's at in their life. I've met people that have come to me that literally I've had a guy at a sporting goods store one time that had killed this deer and it was like a hundred inch eight pointer. And, um, and I just happened to run into him and I, man, I jumped up and high five and he said, man, can I get a picture of my deer? And I said, you damn right. man. we, we jumped in there and we were celebrating and I, I was hugging on him and high five and bought him a little old biscuit there in the store and, you know, and celebrated it. And, um, anyway, I didn't think much about it, you know, to be honest with you, I was just, Hey, you know, but this was right in the heyday of Bone Collector. And uh, it wasn't long after that, man. I walked out of this dude's truck. Now, this guy, mind you, is about my age. I figured he had to be in his 40s at the time, maybe a little older than me. And all of a sudden, um, he's getting ready to leave. And I said, hey, bro, congratulations once again. I said, I was glad to meet you. He broke down and started crying alligator tears. And uh, and I'm like, dude, what's up, man? Dude, you got you. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, man. Thank, thank you for celebrating this that way. He said, because he said, man, I just went through a really nasty divorce. I've been battling drugs. 
he said, man, I've been addicted. He said, I've been to counseling. He said that my life is, is in a place to where I'm just completely broken. He said, and I got into this hunting. He said, I've, I've been watching Bone Collector. And it's, he said, I feel like it was a good Lord who allowed us to meet today. And he said, and, uh, I just appreciate, you know, you loving on me and, and making me feel like that. And he said, and I'm aware that this ain't the biggest buck. And he said, and, and if there's any shit kicking in you, you did it to me because you know this ain't no big deer. And I said, no, it, it's a big deer because it's a big deer to you. Mm-hmm. I said, trophies are relative. And I said, and anyway, he, he just cried and cried. And, and it hit me right there that what if, what if it had been not, not a personality, not somebody, a TV show, but anybody that had said, dude, freaking sissy. And come on, dude, what are you doing? I know it sounds maybe dramatic, but my God, there's some YouTube videos on hunting turkeys in Nebraska that look more like a life-death experience. Who's to say that guy wouldn't have did something stupid? Mm-hmm. Who's the guy the guy wouldn't have been in the middle of something? So hunting can save people's life and our reaction and the way we celebrate them and the way we treat them. So uh, maybe a little over dramatic, but we never know what struggles. You know, I don't know what you're going through right now. I know that I know that, you know, you're pleased to be doing a podcast. You're sincere about hunting. I don't know anything about your personal story. It's none of my business. I know mm-hmm. nothing about your personal life and your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your wife or your girlfriend or where you at in work. I don't know if you got, you know, twenty dollars in the bank, two thousand, two million or negative two hundred. And, and you're praying that this thing, you know, podcast air before your Wi-Fi goes out because you ain't paid the service next last month. I don't know. But what I do know is the least thing I can do is celebrate you and tell you congratulations. And when you tell me the things that you set out to do and you've done like this podcast, you've done it. So with that, all I, I celebrate. But then again, if we become buddies and we're ties friends, it's also I think it's fine to keep people accountable. I think it's yeah. fine. It's like, what else? What are you doing? You, you, you're losing what I loved about you. you. You're getting off on this arrogant side of th- whatever it might be, vice versa. Like, Aaron, hey, bro, don't forget why you started this. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong. Great friends and great people keep you accountable. And uh, and so, uh, but, but I think we can start by just simply being excited for people and their excitement. And long as we do that, they're not going to stay the same. That spike or that young deer, that's not going to be what they want. They're going to eventually get to our level, but we got to love them through that point to get them to the area of what they understand. Because I use somebody like Theo Vaughn, such a great guy. But to be honest with you, he didn't even know enough about hunting to respect it. If you know what I mean, didn't know enough about it, respect it. It, Mm. And so, and so, uh, but now he's starting to figure it out. He went home. He didn't get a turkey. He didn't put a ton of effort into it, but we had a good time. Now, Caleb was kind of started getting a fire. Caleb Presley wanted to kill a turkey. Oh yeah. He ended up getting one. And so he he kind of stuck in there a little bit harder. And so when it was all said and done, now Caleb's like, well, I thought we were just going to kill a turkey. Well, it ended up he didn't just go kill a turkey. So the point is, maybe there's a fire in him. It's like, you know what? I can kind of see that it ain't always easy, but it can be easy. And so anyway, like I say, I apologize. I talk too much, whether it's on this <laughs> podcast or my own, but I just get no, so man, you're good. excited about it, man. Yeah, I, I that's, you know, I keep saying it. That is why I look up to you guys so much because you're so passionate about it. Dude, the whole reason I started this podcast was because I was talking my wife's ear off every day. (laughs) And she's like, can you just stop talking about deer for two minutes? And I'm like, no, 
I can't. It was like, I need to do something. And then, you know, working class and all that. Cause you know, I work a nine to five. I took half a day off today so I could be home in time to be able to do this. And I'm perfectly fine with that, you know? And it, it just is what it is. If something comes from this, great. If not, I get to talk to guys like you, you know, like I said, you know, building a friendship with T-Bone. I'm supposed to have Nick on next week if he responds. Yeah. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. I know he just got back from Jamaica, so I'm trying to work that out. But I mean, the, the biggest thing to me is just no matter who you are in the industry, humility is a big thing. Yes. You know I mean, you can kill, like, look at Luke Brewster. He holds the biggest buck ever killed with a bow. Do you see him flaunting around and saying, oh, I killed the world record. I'm this big, badass bow hunter. No, I don't ever even hear from the guy. He's a great dude, but you never hear from him. And, you know, stuff like that. And and it's just people have to remember why we do this. You know, a lot of people chase bone and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't forget, if you don't kill 150 inch, that doesn't mean you had a bad season. Maybe you saw 130, 135. You could be bigger next year. You shoot. 10 does because here in georgia we've got 10 doe tags that's to me a better season than killing killing one big buck because you have so much meat you need to give it away you know so yeah man i mean it honestly dude i'm i'm just i'm just thankful you came on here honestly to take the time on your busy schedule like i know how busy you guys are um I felt honestly like I was kind of blowing your email up a little bit like hey you no man this? I appreciate sure. it man I'm a man you we get to running pretty hard we really do and and I've been you know obviously I've been home a couple some of these summer months and um just kind of gr- getting back into grind and obviously you know with me being gone a lot I um got a lot of honeydews here at the house mm-hmm. and the farm and so uh man but loving life and like I say you know one thing I'll I'll, I'll remind everybody probably the most lonely place that a man would be if you're truly a good dude is a lonely dusty trophy room with all these animals no matter what they score and you don't have one friend who gives a shit i mean you better hope there's somebody you can smoke a cigar they can say darn look at that book man holy cow tell me the story on that and so the trophies inevitably i found are not those dead animals on the wall it's the memories that you have and the friendships you made and those adventures that you can laugh about the successes and the failures and uh and for me my that's my trophies it's it's mm. it's truly a lot of what we got is on film a lot of it didn't even make a show but um at least i can share some of that and uh and the animal was the icing on the cake and i know that gets said a lot but man i i don't have i don't have a lonely life i have a lot of friends that make it up and and all these animals i've shot which which are quite a uh, man a lot um a lot but I wouldn't say they don't mean nothing to me. The story behind them and who I was with and what I did and how I did it, that's what that's what means the world to me. But they don't talk to me. You know, I don't make love to none of them. Mm-hmm. They, they don't ever talk to me. They're dead. They're on the wall. They're just foam. You can't eat the horns. My wife don't care. Very rarely does she want me to have any in, her, in, in the house unless it's a certain place that she's got something she saw in Restoration Hardware that she thinks will look cool and be good decor. She yeah. <laughs> She comes in the other day. She said, hey, um, in this one area, I got this really cool half bath. Do you have a small elk rack? And I said, baby, I ain't made no living killing small elk. Nah. <laughs> I was going to say, ain't no such thing with you. <laughs> but, 
but but that's the point. It's all decor, yeah. you know, where you think about all these big. And I actually showed her. She said, "Those are all too big." And I, boy, I said, "Yes, sir." <laughs> yes, I did. Sorry, I ain't got no small elk to hang in the bathroom. Sorry, baby. That's funny. You married an overachiever. Ain't got no little elk. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, actually, I do have some little elk. But um, but anyway, the point being is, is it don't matter. This right here is what matters. You know, mm -hmm. you know, if we go hunting together, I promise you, you're gonna get back and you're gonna say that damn Waddell did this, he did that. I'm gonna be like, you know, I'm gonna be telling you folks what I learned about you and and the laughs and the jokes and you know the one that we did get. And, and then if you got that on the wall and it's a memorabilia of that adventure, man, that's a cool trophy. That's a cool. Oh, yeah. It might be a 180, might be a hundred inch deer. It could be a pheasant. It could be just a picture on the wall. And uh, that's what I think sometimes people can miss. And if you don't pay attention, it's right in your face. The, the finer things are sometimes the simpler. So, yeah, I mean, something like that, dude, I can honestly say just getting uh, and just being able to even hang out with y'all. It doesn't even have to be a hunt. Just something like that. That means more to me than, you know, going off and killing a big buck on public land. And even if we did go on a hunt together. I would not be upset if I didn't come back with anything. It's right. the experience that's important. Like these deer over here. Yeah. I love them. Where are they going to be when I die? I don't know. That's not that's right. important. So yep. yeah, I'm, I'm hundred percent behind you on that, man. Um, well, look, I've kept you for an hour. So I've got a couple of things I want to ask you. I know you got honeydews and I've got to go up and make some, some dinner. Uh, but, um, what what is uh what's going on with bone collector man what's what's new coming down the pipeline you know i know like you told or you said the other uh good lord i'm talking over myself now you uh we're with the Cineground boys and right. you know, so i know some stuff's been going on with that i'm not going to drop it but what what's been going on what's coming and i mean a lot a lot of a lot of cool things i mean inevitably um yeah i'd say our number one priority is obviously to keep some really good pro hunting, pro culture stuff coming about in our shows and, and our messaging on from YouTube to outdoor channel to my outdoor TV. So from bone collector and, and the hunting content, you know, we're trying to stick to what I kind of been preaching here, having mm -hmm. fun, chasing some cool adventures and hopefully in the process, getting some pretty cool animals. Um, uh, we, we've got some really cool product coming out. Obviously we got our online of game calls. Finally, you know, that took a lot of work and, investment to get that up and going it's doing well we got some really good stuff all made in america uh we got a brand new line of uh scent um you know from from your typical doe estrus but we also are coming out of the bag with a lot of really cool innovative stuff of taking new applications we're, we're experimenting on all kind of different flavors of of what really intrigues deer to come investigate and check it out you know from from products as similar, say, to a nose jammer who we who, who possibly you can get away with more, mm -hmm. um, possibly things that it can attract. We're even looking at, at, at some scent in a technical way of what can keep deer away. Like if you're trying to grow soybeans or trying to have corn, planted corn to keep things, you know, out of out of getting it, you know, eaten early. So uh, uh, along those same, we're trying to make it more applicable and easier and in, inevitably cheaper. So uh so be sure to be checking out the bone collector scents. Um, but outside of that, I would think the number one thing that, that we're doing too is I'm really intrigued of introducing this culture, not just to the viewing audience, but also like I mentioned the Theo Vaughn's, 
um, we've been getting a lot more opportunity at the mainstream level to just kind of tell the story of what hunting is. And um, I think once for once we're in a, well, we have been in history, but there's been times where hunting was so controversial, nobody would touch it from a non-endemic, you know, world. It, it you know, it's almost like uh, it, it was taboo because, you know, a lot of people didn't believe in, in hunting. And, um, but if you look at, you know, the population, very few people are just vegans. Most people eat meat. So I think now with everything we've been through and what we're going through, you know, to a degree with inflation, where our meat comes from, I think people have gotten back into a lot more of the organic. I think the health part of food is, is at an all-time high. So I think more people in general, even city slickers, are wanting to know the value of being a country boy, not just mm -hmm. a hunter. So in that you know, it's almost like we're giving these live seminars, not not anything that I'm an expert on, but just saying, hey, this is a life that is pretty satisfying to know mm -hmm. how to grow a garden, to skin a buck, run a trot line, as Hank Jr. said. And so, uh, you know, good Lord's given us all these things out here that we can survive on, that we can make it. And I think what happened through teaching that lesson, it becomes not only fun and attractive to understand what it's about, but it gives you some type of security to know and less fear in your life when you really understand that, hey, squirrel ain't that bad to eat. You know, you start looking at a pigeon in New York City a little different. You know, you start <laughs> looking at things different when you understand the value of a good deboned, you know, white tail antlerless deer in Georgia. And, and so I find that a lot of the movement is not just in how big, but the true resource of it. And so with that, the Theo Vaughn type personalities. Obviously, I like that Joe Rogan is introduced to hunting. He talks about it and he is a hunter. I like that we got a mainstream that is now more opportunity is there with a media. And so I'm definitely trying to, you know, talk the talk there and, and help people understand that this is a not only amazing lifestyle, but it's made up of some of the most amazing human beings on earth. And that's the hunting public, you know, people. And yes, I do like the hunting public guys yeah. too. Matter of fact, good I think, guys. if I were to give some props, I'd say the hunting public and seek one are probably from modern day. I, I applaud them more than that. They have truly been creative and just grabbed a hold to a, a really cool niche. But at the end of it, it's, it's not really a niche. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a, the culture. And so uh, those guys, I'm, I'm a big fan of both of those guys for sure. Yeah, they're awesome dudes. And it's kind of cool. You know, like I was saying before, um, I grew up in Lawrenceville. So that's yep. 30 minutes from Alpharetta, you know, that whole North Fulton area. And they're actually the reason I got into bow hunting because I was just scrolling yeah. through, you know, I started with a, a 308 um, first sit, killed a little, probably one and a half, maybe two year old buck. And I was like, oh, dude, this is great. This is everything I thought it was. This is awesome. Yeah. And then got busted an entire season because I didn't know what I was doing. I had a, a like a one of those foldable dove chairs on my in-laws property. I'd go, you know, 200 yards back. I found this one bush. This was in December, so there's no cover, but it was one little vine bush thing that I just sort of dug a hole into. Didn't I saw a deer, never killed another one. And <laughs> so I start, you know, I start looking up on YouTube and and I'm seeing, you know, Seek One is doing their thing and I'm like, "Man, that's I know where that's at. Like, I don't know the specific property, but they're bow hunting. What's bow hunting? I mean, I knew about it, but I never right. really dove into it, you know? And sure enough, man, got a, my wife got a crossbow the next year for me and killed that buck over there on a couch. And then got my own bow about three years ago and finally killed that one on the wall last yeah. year. And now I'm just, dude, I'll try to shoot every day. 
you know, and it, that's that's what I want to like get people to sort of understand and get into is you don't have to actually go kill anything. If you want to get into Mm -hmm. archery, I mean, me and my buddy JD, we're going to the state archery championship shoot next, next month over in social circle. You don't go hunting after that. You can shoot your bow, like get outside. And that's, you know, I'm about to go on a rant, man. (laughs) No, but you know, that's, that's the beauty. And I I appreciate your passion too. And, and, you know, and welcome to the club of hunting, man. And that, that, that's so exciting, man. That gets me fired up. And you're right, man. I'm going to a, there's a place up in Wisconsin every year. A buddy of mine, Larry Polterback, has this thing called Bowfest. And, yeah. man, he has some amazing talent, like concerts at night. You shoot your bow all day, all these vendors. And it's like Disney World, man, like I said. It, it, and so, uh, yeah, that's going on toward the end of July up in, uh, you know, obviously north of Minneapolis, St. Paul. It's just such a fun event. But those type things, like you said, you feel like you went, you've been on this adventure and you're not even hunted. You just shot some fallen targets and you met so many cool people and, and it's just so much fun. So yeah, I, I get your drift, man. It's, it's just, it's fun to be around this culture. It, it really is. It really is. And you, and you meet a lot of genuine people, you know, and, and I like the fact, and I'm not going to get too preachy here, but I like the fact to seek one helped me get a lot deeper into my own faith. I mean, I always was into it, but, but they really helped because I'm like, oh, these guys are being open about it. So let me dive into it. You know, that's something I've noticed in the industry is a lot of people are very, you know, just good Christian people that talk about it. Yes. In this day and age, man, people will get, will just get chewed out being like, Hey, Jesus loves you. And they're like, Oh no, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, I think what happens is too, man, you're right. There's no way to be a hunter because if you think about it, true hunters, legitimate hunters, Seek one legitimate hunters. They spend a lot of time in the woods. There's no way to not be a believer. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean you're sin free. There ain't nobody sin free, but there's no, you know, I've dropped plenty of cuss words just in this podcast, but what <laughs> make it right. But what I'm saying is there's no way that you're going to find many hunters that are, that are atheists. You you'll find a few, but very few, because you know, there's a creator, you know, there's a God because we see it every day. Um, yeah. When you in high rise buildings and you see in that big old, you up in Abu Dhabi or wherever that big old thing in Saudi Arabia that built, you can look at that. Well, God didn't build that. A man built it. Yep. But what I see every day, God, man didn't make. It was something bigger than me. And so I think that's why you have such a spiritual connection. You know, that be still, you know, and, and know that I am God. Well, how much do we experience? Is that okay? That, that's yep. what I'm saying. That's my, my verses. Because you cannot not know that there's something bigger than you when you, when you hunt. Yep. It's, it's amazing. And um, and there is a lot of of just straight biblical things that you can feel from the wildlife about. You know, people say, well, this and that. Well, that's normal. Some people are born this way. Like, no, no, they ain't. Because I hunt an animal has no ethics. I hunt an animal that has no master. He, mm-hmm. he a breed his mama. He will murder his brother to breed his mama. I know and hunted bear that will kill his young sons called cubs to breed mama or he'll eat them because he's hungry. So they have no ethics. They have no morals. They have no social media. They have nothing that holds them accountable. They're wild animals that literally live by the fittest and the strongest survive. All right. But there's certain things you don't see in nature. There's certain things you don't see in nature. Certain things we only see in human nature. So it's not made by God. It's a human nature. I'm not condemning it. 
I'm just saying what I've seen. I'm not saying that one thing's right, one thing's wrong, but it's pretty obvious that one thing don't exist over here with no mama to let down, no wife, no girlfriend, no society. Man, yep. everything we do, everything I say could be condemned and be judged. So you always walk in a tightrope to kind of be at the moral standard and the judge that society puts on us. I don't really like that. I don't think anybody should act to think that they should be judged or be accepted by society. I think you should just be yourself and say what's on your mind and be free and transparent. But with that, we all have this type of, you know, mentor, this onus. And it, and it ain't always a good Lord. It can be just society and how we should act. It could be our mom and dad, like, yes, sir, no, sir. Mm -hmm. You don't act like a fool. We don't act like a punk. But there's certain things that we do that's only in human nature that is not exposed in the wild. And I have spent as much time as anybody can. So when people say, oh, it was born this way or this is the way it is and made mistakes and, and you know, and you see all this right now and, the, you know, I'm transitioning and I'm, you know, these kids that decide they want to be a, a girl and they were born a boy. You, you don't see that. That that has never happened in nature, you know, and, and a book never come chasing out another book. Yeah. If he did, it was to kill him because there was a doe that was in heat right behind it. So. My point is, I'm not saying this to get political. I'm not saying this to condemn a certain desire and certain situation, but the good Lord and, and its design and mother nature and its design will teach us a lot if we'll just pay attention and open our eyes. But a lot of these people don't have a chance to see it. They're lost in the abyss because they don't know and they're not in touch with mother earth and they're not in touch with the creator. So at that, again, another rant to, to help me understand even the biggest hell raising hunters out there still are big strong believers in, in God and Jesus. And I think, I think that's why it's because they spent a lot of time in church oh, yeah. and that's the best churches you'll be is wake up at sunrise. It ain't gotta be a Sunday morning. It can be Monday through Saturday, son. And, and you see it, you see it. And you're like, Oh my goodness, look at God showing out here, go to Alaska, go to the Yukon. And you tell me God wasn't a little bit showing out and a little bit cocky and uh, his, his, his design because he's, Ain't no man, ain't no certain thing. They was something way bigger than us designed that country. So oh, yeah, that that's, that's my bucket list right my, there, man. That that right there is my bucket list hunt. Before I die, I will go to Alaska and kill a caribou with a bow. That that is, man. That play that play breathtaking. Now I will say, it's prettier to look at than it is to get out there and hunting because uh, when the good Lord made it, he didn't. It looks good on a postcard. It will kick your butt. It's like man, he didn't make it to walk in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got mosquitoes the size of chihuahuas out there. I've heard look like Hermit Shepherds flying around. I'm telling That's you. Crazy. Well, look, man, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I just have one more question. It's been eaten. Yeah. This is a personal question for sure. Are you going to continue the Bone to Pick podcast? Or You know what? Yeah. And, and honestly, a good question. It's been out of, uh, honestly, time has run away from me. But, yeah, we plan on keep doing the podcast. And uh, I enjoy them. I got a plethora of really good guests and, and a lot of mainstream people, as well as, like you said, a lot of, a lot of just down-to-earth people that are friends mm -hmm. of mine that are, that are good at what they do and what they speak about. And uh, I have just been so busy at so many different things that I've kind of let that slide behind. So I definitely need to pick it back up. But, yeah, so, so anybody listening that has listened to A Bone to Pick, I apologize, and I definitely need to get back get back on it. To be honest, it was one of those things. It's literally, I look like, wait a minute. I was telling our producer, I said, man, we, I guess we're in the podcast business, and we ain't even did any podcasts. And uh, and what I have been doing, too, is I'm, I'm working on a, a nice little studio here 
uh, at the farm where it'd be easy for guests to get in and out. It'd also be easy for me to to sit down there and have a nice place to talk. And right now it's just kind of been hodgepodge. I don't have one particular set. Not that you have to have it, but um, but I think that'd be something fun and easy for guests. And we're constantly got people in and out of our farm and our office just meeting with us. Uh, like I said, we got kind of a mad chemist right now down from Canada talking about things and technology and what they could create and sense and covers. And so, you know, he would be a great guy to have on there. But I wish I had a little place we could just walk in there and just immediately, you know, start doing it. So, yeah, a long answer to a short question. Yes, we are going to continue with that. Good, because I'm checking every day and I'm like, oh, is there a new episode? No, there's not. Dang it. I know it, man. <laughs> pointing those who want us to hear it. So I apologize. Yeah. No, I'm excited about that scent stuff, though, man, because I've been using those jammer and I, I love it. But I also yep. saw um, on the newest season, y'all are talking about bone collector scents. And I'm like, what? what is that? Yeah. So, yeah. And what we're trying to do there, you know, uh, not to not to carry on, get too long winded, but, you know, I I, I obviously any kind of good scent, you know, you you know, we don't want to just reinvent the wheel, but I do Mm -hmm. think make it a little better. There's some things we're doing a lot of the ways and the way you can carry scent. Uh, We got some really cool technology of of, of what and how you can use it. And uh, and so that's what we're doing. I mean, we got some really I can't wait to show some of the people some of the things we're thinking that we got to kind of to get out there for as applications it's a mm-hmm. uh, uh some of the scents or, or stuff that's been around um but um anyway it's pretty exciting so yeah keep your eye peeled anybody listen keep your eye peeled on this on the bone collector scents we got some cool stuff coming i think there that that will be kind of rekindle some fires and and using some scents and covers for sure yeah well I'm, I'm gonna have to get you back on then once all that stuff drops so we can talk about it i'm very interested you got my contact, man. Keep in touch. And if I can help with anything and, uh, man, I'd be, I'd be mad if you didn't reach out. <laughs> oh, hey, Time, buddy. you know, I will, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, look, I really appreciate it, man. This was a, honestly a bucket list item, a dream come true, having you on here. And, and I don't know why I was so nervous, but <laughs> it's just, <laughs> they say, they say to not meet your heroes, but damn it. I met you and T-Bone and Jay and, Hopefully, like I said, Nick's going to be coming on next week. And I, I don't believe them when they say that because y'all have been the coolest people, you know, well, thank you. the best guests. And I, I hope that eventually we could get to the point, you know, where I'll just be like, hey, man, y'all busy this weekend? No. All right. Let's go shoot around or something. Or you dang right. Or, you know, but. Well, cool, well, at least if Nick gets on next week and he's a complete butthole, maybe two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you like Nick. He's he's a cool cat, man. He, he's a good dude. Yeah, he is. Cool, man. Well, look, thank you. Seriously. You're welcome, buddy. All right. Congratulations on everything. Stay in touch. Will do, man. See you, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple. Go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give us a review.